KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I was speaking with the creator of the Ultra Girl Shoujo manga series, Kata Kane. Kata is here to discuss issues number four and five, currently on Kickstarter. Welcome, Kata. Hi, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, but outside of my introduction, who is Kata Kane and what are you about? So I am not Batwoman. A lot of people get me confused with Kate Kane, uh, but I do like to tell people that Batwoman and I have never been seen in the same room at the same time, so you never know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm Kata Kane. I uh, live in Baltimore, and I do a manga uh, webcomic series called Alter Girl. And I've been doing it, um, I first did it in 2002, but the version that we're talking about now, I started in 2012. Um, so it's a shoujo manga series um, with cute, cool characters who uh, kind of have to deal with extraordinary situations like uh, magical key necklaces, angels and demons, and just typical school drama, all the stuff that I love about um, manga and anime. I really try to pack into the series and um yeah so uh I feel like I'm already starting to ramble because you were like what are you about and I'm like well I'm about uh making fun comics that are like enjoyable romantic funny um but with like a little twist of magic and I like creating comics that are for all ages really but I'd say that Alter Girl is kind of like a tween YA audience so yeah yeah um just for our listeners just to give a little bit of a uh background I'm actually from Baltimore too I'm actually here in Baltimore in the Reichstown area and I believe I I believe I started following you when I saw you at Baltimore comic-con yeah 2019 I believe yeah that was my memory that we had met at Baltimore comic-con so actually okay so I actually did meet you I don't even remember yeah, I know, but it's been a while. And to be fair, the last two years, we're all just trying to kind of forget, like, and like move past. So, because yeah. it's been a long time since, you know, I've been to a convention. And actually, while we're recording this, I believe Baltimore is this coming weekend. Yeah, Baltimore Comic Con. I'll, I'll be there pretty much all day yeah. on Saturday. Oh, cool. I decided not to this year, unfortunately, but I really hope I can come back next year. It's my favorite one to do. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, that's when I actually started doing my interviews was there. I just started walking up to people and asking for interviews. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, what I like about Alter Girl is, um, as you mentioned, or as we mentioned, is a shoujo. So you just mm-hmm. explain, briefly explain to me before we started recording the difference. Mm-hmm. So the shoujo was more of like the girly stuff like Sailor Moon, which I yeah. absolutely love. I yeah. Think- more of Sailor Moon. I don't like the Sailor Moon slander, but that's just yes. me. Yeah, I love Sailor Moon. The Shonen is more of the boy stuff like Dragon Ball Z, pretty much. Those are just yeah. generalizations of the difference between shoujo and shonen. Yeah, but, because you're right, because those words literally mean like shoujo means girl and shonen means boy. And so it kind of sucks that it's gendered that way, because obviously like anyone can enjoy these comics regardless of you know how they identify Um, but that's kind of how it's marketed in Japan so technically Alter Girl would fall into I would say the shoujo category since there's a lot of like romance and 
and love situations. Um, but there is a little bit of uh, drama and action and fighting. So especially in um, the new books too, some, some drama happens. And uh, so there's that. <laughs> okay, well, um, can you give our listeners just a brief recap of, I guess, the previous issues, one, two, and three, yeah. and what should they expect for issues four and five? Sure. Yeah. So um, our story is about uh, Ashley Alters. She is like the typical protagonist that you meet at the beginning of a manga. She um, even introduces herself and then kind of catches herself and goes, wait, did I just introduce myself? Um, So I really try to like start off with, um, you know, my character kind of like acknowledging some kind of, you know, anime and manga parodies. Um, she goes to this like pre- prestigious uh, Catholic school called Saint Tail Academy, and that's also a reference to um, an anime called Saint Tail. Um, so, uh, our our girl Ashley, she just has a crush on the most popular boy in school, and you think that that's kind of like you know where her story's headed—that she just really wants this guy to notice her. Um, and then she has a kind of strange dream about a boy one night that she's never seen before and then ends up meeting him the next day along with a pair of twin angels known as the Gemini twins, Sarah and Cherry, who are accompanying uh, Seth Charming, the boy she dreamed about. And uh, he also has a magic key necklace um, similar to the one that Ashley has always had, but never knew uh, that it had any kind of power to it. Um, so basically she finds out that she's one of these, um, kind of like magical key bearers. She has one of the two keys to heaven and earth and, um, Seth has the other one. And the other, uh, fun thing is that Seth died back in 1929. And so somehow after his death, he has been brought to the present day by these angels. And now they're saying that they're going to work together and they're going to help Ashley with her love life. And it all seems very cute. But as the story kind of goes on, we get some some history about the angels, um, some stuff that's gone down uh, in Eden, uh, and um, we meet a half demon named Cammy who also wants to um, use the keys. So, uh, yeah, I feel like there's so much going on in the story. It's always hard for me to do like a brief like elevator pitch. And I've been doing it for so long that I really should have something like down by now. But there's like a lot of stuff happening. And um, Ashley is still just trying to, you know, talk to her crush. His name is Adam. And um, she's working with Seth. And of course, Seth's a total cutie. So And then uh, we meet another character named Noah, who's kind of like the school uh, bad boy. So there's a lot of that uh, romantic uh, manga, you know, dynamic situations going on in the story and uh, some magical stuff in the background where uh, it seems like the more information we get, the more we're kind of like, oh, maybe things aren't as they seem. Like this isn't, isn't some cutesy situation where they just have magic you know, necklaces that can do whatever. This might actually be kind of kind of a strange situation. So the first three volumes really kind of set up, uh, you know, that story and getting to know Ashley, getting a little backstory about Seth, um, backstory about the angels and um, why they are where they're at, why they're even on earth, because they you kind of find out they don't actually want to be there. Um, and uh, the 
the books that are currently on Kickstarter um, are a lot of fun because you get a lot of answers. It's one where you're starting to get a lot of answers to the questions that are kind of set up in the first three books. Um, and there's a lot of Seth's backstory and he, you know, we see in the first books a little bit of his story, but we really learn a lot more um, about what really happened because he kind of gets some memories unlocked that um, were previously inaccessible to him after he died and came back to life. So that's a lot of fun that you kind of learn about his past and, and what led up to his death. And um, the other, like the most fun part, I think of the new books is um, the school dance that they all go to. There's a lot of buildup to the school dance and um, a, lot of, a lot of drama goes down at the school dance. And uh, it's a lot of fun too, because a lot of my backers from the last Kickstarter campaign, the book three campaign, I had a reward where people could pledge to be in the comic. And so now they're actually getting to see themselves in the book at the school dance, um, interacting with the characters and all over the backgrounds of the pages and dancing and um, having a good time. So, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they never had a chance to go to the school dance and now they have, they're immortalized forever. Exactly, exactly. Like, and, and some of it is people who um, I drew them and some of it is people's like original characters or they did it for like, I even had like some parents do it for like their, their kids who read the book. So um, their kids are in the comic at the dance. Uh, uh, I even drew myself in there at the dance. So, you know, I get to, I get to do that too. But yeah, I got to draw people's original characters too. So it's just really neat to like have that opportunity. And also like, it's, it's such a nice way. I, I feel like my backers are such special people who really like show up and support every time. And all those people who are in the comic are those backers and like those people who've like really been there for me since day one. And it, so it makes me really happy that like, they get to be like a part of this and yeah, be printed and like that's out there in the world. So it's really exciting. How has your journey been since the first Kickstarter for issue one? I believe it was in 2014, but yeah. this, the version you said now is from 2012, mm -hmm. but you previously worked on it from 2002. So yes. how has your creative process evolved or like even just the, I guess the whole thing, even like just promoting your work, mm -hmm. how it evolved from before, maybe even just from 2014, from the first Kickstarter to yeah. now, or maybe even just collaborating with other people. So how has your creative process, I guess in general, or if there's anything mm -hmm. you want to talk about specifically, how has it evolved since you first started? Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about when I first started, which was 2002, I definitely was like flying by the seat of my pants then. Um, I was, I was in, it was like from high school to college, uh, when I did it. And, um, I really just had this general idea. I had these characters, but there was a lot that I just did as I went along because I was like, I know I want to do a web comic. I have this idea and it was a loose enough idea that I felt like I could play with it. So, um, I really like, I can't say that I had any kind of like organization to that other than I had the characters I had the general idea and I just was like put the pencil to the paper 
and make it happen. And those, um, those pages literally were pencil. Um, and I rarely, rarely inked stuff uh, back then, but I would scan it in and then uh, I would do the comic bubbles in a program called Paint Shop Pro. And uh, I don't know if that even exists anymore, but um, I, and I use Comic Sans font, which I'm like, wow, what a, what a choice. But um, so like, that was all a really good learning experience. And I feel like if there are any listeners who are like interested in starting a webcomic, like I know I've talked to a lot of people like at conventions who are like, how do I get started? And I feel like that's always gonna be my best advice is just put the pencil to the paper and just do it. And don't think about it too much. Don't worry about it too much because you will learn as you go. And that's what I think is so cool about web comics is that you have that freedom. It's not like, oh, it's in this book and now I got to go look at it. And you can always take it to print, which is exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, now that I'm doing this new version that um, I started publishing again online in 2012, basically a decade later, um, I had graduated from college, I was working, you know, and I really felt like I want to come back to Alter Girl so bad because I never finished it back then. So I was like, I still have these ideas. I still have the story. And I, I always knew where the story was headed, like how it was going to end. So I was like, I really just, I want to try to do that. And um, yeah, so I just sat down and was able to use what I had done from the webcomic as my outline. Um, and then I wrote stuff. I, and now I write scripts. I have outlines. I plan things. Like I have like organization this time around. Um, and so I, I always start with an outline. And like that's like just like a general bullet points of like this is how I want to break up chapters. This is what you know this event needs to happen or this person needs to say this thing or like I want to make sure people understand like, you know, this reveal happens at this time so that the story feels like cohesive and I can keep track of what I'm doing. And um, then I write a script for the pages. So it's like panel one, you know, like uh, exterior of the church at St. Tail, you know, and then the dialogue and like, you know, I write all that out. Then I make thumbnails. I make like a lot of little thumbnails that are really rough, and then even sometimes at that stage, I'll look at the script, look at my thumbnails, go back and forth and play around with that. And sometimes the script will change a little bit or like I'll change like, you know, what's on a page and just see how stuff flows. And then I take that to pencils and inks and then um, do all the tones, the screen tones, because since it's a manga, I do it in black and white with screen tones. And, um, and then I do the dialogue and the uh, lettering stuff. So that's like a much more organized process than what I did, you know, in the beginning. Um, and that, you know, I, I did that for two years before I decided to do the Kickstarter for book one, um, which as you said, I did that in 2014. And um, yeah, I, I had seen a lot of people doing Kickstarters. I knew that that was a way that a lot of people were getting books printed. And I thought, you know, I don't want to try to ship my title around to publishers and have someone else print it. If I can do it myself, I want to do that. I also have, you know, a lot of experience as a graphic designer um, from, you know, my career uh, choice. And I feel like I'm grateful that I had that experience too, because I can bring that into everything I do 
in regards to like book layout, promotion, like for the Kickstarter right now, I had somebody comment and say like, oh, everything looks like so clean and organized. And I was like, well, I do graphic design. So like, you know, I got to bring it to my own campaign too, that, um, you know, I try to, you know, give that feel of like, it's a brand or it's a look, or it's something that, you know, you know, it's my stuff when you look at it. Um, and yeah, that first Kickstarter, I feel like, um, I was really, really nervous and like learning how to video edit an iMovie and I still iMovie edit the videos that hasn't changed. I haven't learned any new video skills, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel, I'm trying to like, remember like my feelings about the first one. And I just remember feeling really excited, really nervous and just kind of like, um, you know, I had built up at least two years of like doing the webcomic. So I didn't jump right into Kickstarter, even though like I, I maybe could have done that. I just felt like I wanted to establish like the comic online. And then once I felt a little more comfortable, I was like, okay, well, let's give this a try. And then that was a successful Kickstarter. So I did it again for book two. And then I did it again for book three. And I was actually, um, pregnant for both of those. I have two uh, kids, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So it's really funny that like I have that first Kickstarter and then the next two, I was pregnant for both of them. And now this one for um, books four and five, I'm like, oh, wow. Like I have a little more freedom. Like, <laughs> like they go to school now so I can like focus on stuff and like do an interview, you know, and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, um, I think I rambled again, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's, that's fine. Um, yeah. But just to add on to your advice of uh, mm -hmm. the advice you give to other creators, just to go ahead mm -hmm. and get started on the things that they want to do. Yeah. Um, I just want to add on there that I tell people that it's okay to take a break from it as well. Yeah. Like if yeah. you get like writer's block or like burnout, it's okay to take a break, even if it's mm -hmm. like maybe a year or two, just to yeah. move on, maybe to do something else, because then you'll gain a little bit more experience that you can add to the previous work that you have. Yeah. So how do you combat writer's block or burnout? So I would say, just like you've said, I've allowed myself to take breaks. Um, like for instance, running the Kickstarter, I wanted to do that last year. I wanted to do that spring, 2020. I had mm -hmm. all these plans and then the pandemic happened and my kids were home and I was like, I cannot run a Kickstarter. And like, I will go crazy, like, cause it's a lot of stress when it's happening. Like, you're just like constantly trying to talk about it, promote it. And it's like, all I can think about from now till November 5th, like it's, it's all I think about like all day, every day. <laughs> so, um, I told myself it's okay that it's not happening right now because it will happen because I know I want it to, and I don't have to get it all done. You know, I'm on my own timeline. So taking breaks is really important. Um, just like you said, I think that's really good advice. And like you said, even if it's a year or more, um, for instance, like with Alter Girl, publishing the chapters, I do them when I have time to do them. And it's usually ends up being similar timing of the years. Uh, like winter seems to be um, a good time that I can work on it and a little bit of spring. Um, so that has been kind of what I've done is like, I just have the, these chunks of time that come up and I'm like, you know, I want to use that. I want to feel creative, but if like, I am coming up against like that block, I do try to think of like, well, what can I do? Like, there's no strings attached to it, you know? 
like draw something just for fun or read something just for fun or even like you know go play animal crossing and like redecorate my house and like you know something like that so i think that avoiding to avoid burnout you have to take those breaks and you know i think a lot of creative people have a probably an inner voice that says you can't waste time you got to keep going you should be using this time at least that's what my inner voice can sound like a lot and um i try to tell that voice i'm using this time I am resting. Rest is like a part of what I need. And that's okay. Like, it's okay if I'm resting because every time, you know, I take that break or I take that rest, it's not like, you know, everybody disappears or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, just to revert a little bit back to your creative process. Mm -hmm. My, okay, when I read or watch anything that involves minors, um, mm -hmm kind of grow up a little bit too fast like there aren't any confident adults somehow they all just like they lose their brains like their their head falls off their neck or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. so how I guess how do you how are you able to keep everyone minors like they're still like school mm -hmm. is still a thing like they still hate going mm -hmm. to school or they hate studying or yeah um trying to date their crushes or get yeah. jobs so they can make money and buy a yeah. car so they can go out to the movies or whatever it is so how do you how are you able to maintain these characters as minors but still able to uh expand in I guess expand your world and function in the world in the magical world that you want them to be yeah in? yeah I think um what's helpful for me in that is that um you know the main character Ashley's 16 pretty much everyone is like average age of 16 to 19. And then I have um, a teacher character who, when I first made her, I think I made her like 20 or something or like 22. Cause I was like, that sounds old. <laughs> now I'm like, Oh, that's, that's nothing. Like, but um, I think I, I think I made her like just under 30. I, for like the new comic. Um, Cause I was like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of when I was, you know, starting to do the comic again. But um, I feel like I can keep them in like that young person's world because when I first created Alter Girl, I was 16 years old. So I feel like a lot of the things that like I was talking about and drawing were feelings that I could relate to as a 16 year old, like having a crush on somebody, but maybe not talking to that person ever like and they don't know that or just even like daydreaming in your own head of all these things and I think you know most people you know if, if you're a 16 year old listener or an 18 year old listener right now like I feel like you know as I think back on those years I'm like I thought I was so grown up and then I would look back and go no you weren't no you weren't and I feel like I am still doing that I am still doing that and so I think like um, to me, it's believable to make like a, a minor character, somebody who is like a teenage character, think that they are acting very mature. Um, when really it's like, yeah, we're talking about like you like a boy that you haven't talked to, like, and it is a little bit childish or like you're just worried about the school dance or like, like um, in the new uh, book that's on Kickstarter right now, the um, kind of like school uh, mean girl who kind of seems that way because that's all we've gotten to see of her. Um, she wants to kind of sabotage uh, the night 
And um, the way that she does that is she's trying to mess with um, Ashley's dress. So it's not anything like, you know, uh, using like adult language or like taking it to like a serious situation. Like, I feel like a lot of the situations the characters kind of can get themselves into like can still seem like a little bit childish. Like you might go, I would never do that to somebody. I don't know, like as an adult, I don't know if that answers the question or, or not. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, I guess with teenagers, they make these like really foolish, they can be foolish and reckless, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like swearing. It doesn't have to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, they may try yeah. to try to attack a problem or solve a problem without yeah. adult interference because they probably started it. You know, it's probably their fault to begin with. That's sure. why they don't want the adults to be involved. Yeah. But like they, I mean, I guess at some point, you know, uh, Ashley may have to try to save the world. I'm, I'm not really sure, but it's like, sure, it shouldn't have to all fall on her shoulders. And I feel like in a lot of comics or any type of media involving minors, it always falls on their shoulders to kind yeah. of save the world or put things back together. And it's like, yeah. they, they didn't start this. Why, they, why did they have to be the ones? I, yeah, mm -hmm. I really like that thought. And I think that um, as people read Alter Girl, that is a theme. And I think if, if you feel that way, that is kind of like a theme of what I feel also. That, yeah, why is it all on like a young woman's shoulders? Uh -huh. Or, um, and especially because uh, the title is Alter Girl, and her last name is Alters, but there's also a lot of religious mythology. It's not a religious comic by any means because people definitely see the title and think like, oh, are you going to like indoctrinate me? And I'm like, no, this is like, this is like put Greek gods in there, put Roman gods in there, put, and I've used a, a lot of different names and things from all kinds of religions, but there's, yeah, there's angels and demons and it's like as a mythology thing, but like, uh, I remember somebody was asking me about it and they were like, oh, like altar, like an altar that you make a sacrifice at or something. And I was like, maybe, I don't know, you have to read it. Like, so <laughs> there's definitely like the play on words there. And um, I was raised Catholic. And so like altar girls also, you hear about altar boys, right? And altar girls not really, it was not really a thing. Um, so maybe they're just too powerful also, you know, uh, so I, I, there's a lot of like themes and ideas like that, that I totally agree with what you're saying that like, why is it on a 16 year old kid to like save the world or like be the hero? And I think a lot of books, like I know I really like young adult fiction and, uh, stuff like that because it does feel like that time in your life is such a transformative time, like growing up and the, the, the big feelings that you have, the things that you're going through, the, the life lessons you kind of learn, like that does feel like a big transformation. It does feel like sometimes, you know, even in our own very normal, no, not magical key having, no angels and demons, you know, like it sometimes can feel that like there's a lot on our shoulders. So I think the kind of stories I want to tell is that like when you feel that way, you can believe in yourself mm -hmm. and you don't have to save like the world, but by saving yourself, you kind of are saving the world. Yeah, if that makes sense. So I really like that, that thought that, that you brought up of like, you know, why is it always kids and they don't have that adult help? And I think 
probably some kids can relate to that, you know, even at that age of like, I don't know if I can rely on an adult right now, or like, I feel like I have to do this, or I should know how to do it. And sometimes it's like, it's okay if you don't. And, and like, that's okay. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I always ask as my last question, what creators, their, what their idea of success is. And mm-hmm. like, if someone looks at you and look at your work, they may think that you're successful because you've stuck with your series through, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much at this point over a decade. Almost two at this point, almost two. Wow. Crazy. It's crazy to me. Like, I'm like, I don't even want to say that. Like, <laughs> like, but yeah, it's almost been two decades that I've been doing it. But have you, has there ever been any doubts or insecurities about your work, either from yourself or from others while you were, you know, completing the series? Pretty much just mm-hmm. almost two decades of creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say from myself and from others. And I think that that insecurity, especially from myself, I don't think so much about what others think anymore. Now, as as a grown person, I, I can push that external negativity out. Um, but I think there's definitely insecurity. There's, and I think that comes with the territory for anybody who's kind of creative. You always, you're always your own worst critic. Your inner critic is always the meanest and you're like, get out of here. Like, no. And I think, you know, that, that comes and goes and waves and to just kind of accept that and be like, yeah, okay. I can appreciate that. Maybe right now I'm feeling like in a low place, but like, looking back on stuff and thinking, but what is successful to me? Successful is being happy. Mm-hmm. And if I make a comic thinking like I need other people to be happy, of course I want other people to be happy. I want people to read my book. I want them to love it. I want them to obsess over it. I want them to ship characters. I want them to draw fan art. And like all that stuff means so much to me. And I think, but I wouldn't be successful if I wasn't also really happy to be doing that myself, mm-hmm. you know? like getting these books printed and even doing this Kickstarter right now for four and five, I had a lot of insecurity about doing two books together. I thought maybe that's asking people for too much money up front to pre-order two books instead of one book. And maybe people aren't going to be showing up or supporting it, or, you know, maybe I've taken too much time off and, you know, nobody cares anymore. Like all those voices were very real in my head, but the reason that the Kickstarter is online and is successfully funded is because I said, but I can still do it. I can do it and I can try and I can, I always want to put my best foot forward. And I know that I want to print these books. Even if I had zero backers, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go to Kinko's and print this out for myself because I want it. I want to see it on my bookshelf. So I think that's like the most important thing to remember if you want to be successful like that has to come from within you as a creator like you can't put all of your hopes and dreams and aspirations into somebody else they Mm -hmm. have to be within you and that's what's going to make you feel successful because I feel I feel pretty successful because I feel you know happy and excited to be doing it and like even what we were talking about before with taking breaks, I'm like, I can do that. And that's okay. Cause I need to do that, you know, to be a happy person. So I think that's what success is. You've got to be happy yourself and not, yeah. I'm like repeating myself at this point, but like put your happiness, look for it internally. Don't try to seek it out in your readers or in 
you know, a review or like showing it to somebody at a convention and hoping that they give you like all the love and the praise that you might feel you need, like tell yourself that, you know, when you're sitting at that table, say like, I made a freaking book and that is really cool. And, or, you know, somebody, you know, saw this comment cause I put it out there and like, I really like that panel I did or whatever, you know, hype, be your own hype man, like hype yourself up. <laughs> All right, Kata, uh, is there anything else you wanted to push for Alter Girl issues four and five or about Alter Girl, the series in general, maybe yeah. the rewards for potential backers? Yeah, so yeah, let me um, first talk about the Kickstarter because um, uh, if you Google Alter Girl books four and five on Kickstarter, it should come up. Um, I'm not going to try to read out a long link for <laughs> on your podcast, um, but uh yeah, so basically you can get um, digital and physical rewards um, for books four and five. And if you're all new to the series, you can also get the all five books collection, physical um, copies or digital copies. Um, and if you are somebody who maybe supported book one, but you don't have book two, but you do have book three or something, I have it so you can add on whatever books you need. Um, and uh, I'm doing commissions. So those are really fun because everything's kind of like discounted. So this is like a great opportunity if, if you have seen my art or like my art to get a discounted commission and um, discounted the add-ons too. Um, we are 100% funded. So the books are being made. And right now what we're working on is stretch goals. So we have free bookmarks. So anybody who pledges for a book gets a bookmark. That's just included, no extra cost for that. And then right now we're working on mini comics, which are these really cute, funny, like kind of behind the scenes comics that I put in the back of the books. Kind of like, uh, for example, when our uh, demon character, she's like, she, cause she's a demon character and it's parody. She's always like up in trees or up on light poles, like up really high, like watching the action. And so it's like, what was she doing before she got up in that tree? And she's like picking out the dress that she's going to wear. And then she's sitting in the tree and she's like, now we wait. And then uh, Seth, the character walks by and she just jumps down and says, showtime and like jumps down. So like funny stuff like that. So I really hope we hit that stretch goal because then after that, we've got stickers um, and it's all new stickers. And everyone who pledges for a book will get those stickers included in their package too. So that's what I hope people will check out. And um, if you like my art or want to support me too, I have a Patreon. It's patreon.com uh, slash katakane, K-A-T-A-K-A-N-E. So yeah, Kickstarter, go check it out. <laughs> uh, well, how, I can, my last question. Um, uh -huh. how, how many, I guess, how many more do you plan to do for Alter Girl? Like, is, this is issue four and five now. Uh -huh. So where, where do you see it going? Like how, much more do you see so i do i do have an ending plotted out um it will be eight books this is like hot news i have i have not said this like on twitter or like anywhere but um i know that it's going to be eight books total so that's like it is it's not like that an ongoing like uh saga that i'm just going to keep doing and doing and doing forever i do want to I do have an ending. I do want to finish it. And honestly, I wanted to finish it by 2022. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's another thing that I'm telling myself that's okay. But I do hope 
that it's something I can get done within the next three years is like my goal. Um, so yeah, ending in sight. So I do feel like if it's something people are interested in, I'm not going to be like hitting everyone up for the next, you know, like 10 years again, another decade being like, Hey, more books, more books. So yeah, it's definitely condensed, like, yeah, eight books. And there's three chapters, um, per book. So each book has like, uh, a little over 60 pages per book. Okay. So will the books be available once you finish the series? Like are the previous mm -hmm. issues still available? Like on your, I think you have a your website, right? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can, you can order from my online shop. Um, uh, and after the Kickstarter, I'll definitely have that, the book inventory in the online shop too. I think the cool thing about the Kickstarter is you get all those freebies that you might not necessarily get from my shop. And if you need to like fill out your collection, there's stuff at discounts too, as opposed to like, um, the shop. So there's fun with that too, okay. but yes. They will be available at my shop, which is on my uh, website. You could go to alter-girl.com and um, find it from there or kata-kane.com is my website. So, All right. Again, I want to thank the creator of the Alter Girl Shoujo manga series, Kata Kane, for talking with us about her Kickstarter for issues number four and five of her ongoing Alter Girl series. All of Kata's socials will be listed in this episode's details alongside more information about Kata's Kickstarter and everything Alter Girl. Again, I'm Kaya Skarner and you're listening to the Solo Nurberg Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>